0: Thank you so much. it like a million dollars. Shout out TMZ. Let me check out that rig. TMZ stands for the Mayweather Zone. Where'd
1: you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. I
0: love my TMZ family.
2: My sports. Welcome to TMZ Sports. I'm Mike Babcock, Uh, my guy. Lucas Wittem will be with us in just a few minutes, but we are going to start with a debate that has taken over. The sports world, particularly the college sports world, since the incident over the weekend when uh, Kyle Filipowski, of course, the Duke basketball star, was injured as Wake Forest students rushed the court. Now, uh, we are about to welcome on a guy who is a friend of the show and somebody who I don't know. There are many people out there who have a better perspective on this than this man right here, Uh, Dan Dockage. Dan, of course, a former college basketball star, longtime assistant to the legendary Bobby Knight and an accomplished head coach in his own right. Dan, how are you? Thank you for being back with us.
0: Yeah, man, a Dukie a tweaks an ankle and all hell breaks loose in college
2: <laughs> basketball. That's, that's exactly right. All right, before we get into solutions or if this is even a problem, Dan, what do you make of what happened over the weekend? Uh, the, you know, Wake Forest, w- beat, they beat Duke, they win the game, the kids rush on the court. And Kyle tweaks uh, an ankle.
0: Before we get into any of the solutions, as part of college basketball, I actually lost my career. I lost my best player, career ending, in a court storming after we had won a game. Guy jumped on his back, tore his ACL. It was his third ACL. And it really cost me a lot. But I, you know what? Court storming is a part of it. I will say this. um, The Duke player, it's debatable whether or not he caused it. Like I always thought when I was in a situation like that, and I was in a bunch of them, I'm just trying to get to the bench. I'm trying to get out of there. I'm not trying to mess with anybody. I don't know why the Duke player did that, but there's two sides of it. Nobody should be on the
2: court, people tell me, but I'm all for court storming. I like it. I'm sorry. So, Dan, if if you were in charge of, you know, the rulemaker for college sports, are you just leaving things the way they are? Or are there certain tweaks that need to be made? Or or is, hey, this is a rarity, doesn't happen much. It's even rarer that a player gets hurt and that's just the way it goes.
0: Yeah, no, I I would do a few things. I think what you just said, yes to everything. Number one thing you got to do is you got to understand Duke is here. Wake Forest, it's the biggest game of the year. So I have to, as administrator, I got to make damn sure that I have a ton of police with 10 seconds to go in the game. We're going to win it, ready to surround Duke's team. Now, that is automatic, and I'm getting them off the court. And see, the Filipowski kid, had had he seen that, he probably would have just ran. That's the way to solve this. Just look, you're not going to storm the court on every game, but you know when Duke comes in. Come on, when we were with Bobby Knight, we knew if somebody beat us in Indiana, there might be a court storming. So, you say, look, two things. I'm the coach, game's over, minute to go, I'm getting my team. You know, let the guys, five guys on the court play. But I'm making sure as the visiting team, I have cops, big old cops, with big bright jackets that say cops on it or whatever it says, (laughs) surrounding the team so everyone knows, don't you be messing over here.
2: Dad. clearly looking at me, I I never played college basketball. I remember I went to Seton Hall and – couple games where they beat opponents that were highly ranked, obviously. We ran on the court, and that was, as I look back now all these years later, really some of the fondest memories. So (laughs) is it important to also to balance that, to realize that this is sort of one of the things that really makes college sports college sports? This doesn't happen in the NBA. But it's now, one of the things that happens in college.
0: There's no question about it. That's why I say just protect the team over here. You want to run onto the court? Run onto the court. Get in the middle of the court. You know, a lot of, I saw one of my colleagues and friend Jay Billis wants people arrested. People <laughs> right. want to give a 10 second <laughs> countdown. I don't know how you do any of that. All I know is protect the team. That's it. Protect the team. Get them off the court, and you got no problem because you know what? Fans aren't trying to hurt anybody. Kid that hurt my player wasn't trying to hurt anybody, but fans are also kind of frauds too. Because you know this, they got the phone, they don't even know half the time why they're running out there. They just know we got a phone and we're gonna take a picture, you know? Right. But you gotta protect the team. The administration has to know who's coming in here. Hey, we're gonna protect Duke, we're gonna protect
2: their players, period, that's it. Dan, I, uh, and I think you and I feel the same way about this. The people who have, who have taken a hard line in here, this needs to be banned. They have, they've had some ideas as for how they can stop this. What do you think about a, a, a fine for the university, for the kids that are, are running onto the, the, the court? Do you like that? And do you like, and yeah. this, is, this seems crazy to me, do you like them actually overturning the result of the basketball no. game? It sounds so crazy to even ask you this question, but what do you think of some of those measures no, people I, have suggested?
0: I've seen all these over the last two days. No, screw that overturning. We're not, we're not doing that. Yeah, come on. We're not arresting. We're not giving citations. <laughs> Look, I think a fine you probably should, particularly if you were not prepared. I right. think the fine in the SEC is 100000 You know, SEC, they spend that on a good right guard. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Now, maybe that happens. Maybe Filipowski still goes after somebody. I don't know. Right. But the other thing is this. Honest to God, there's like 10 court stormings a month, let's say. Right. One time, a dookie tweaks an ankle, and we're out of our minds. TMZ (laughs) is covering it for crying out loud. Come on. And we want people arrested or detained, and we want students taking fines, and we want to forfeit games. It's chaos. When when my guy at Bowling Green, Mike, when my guy at Bowling Green got hurt, you know what they said? Oh, damn, that's too bad. (laughs)
2: Exactly. That's it. The, the irony is not lost on me, Dan. Of course, it, it had to be right. a Duke player. And that's why here we are talking about this. What, before I let you go, I'm dying to know what Coach Knight used to think of uh, the kids running on the court. And obviously it was a big deal to beat you guys. What did he, what'd Bobby think of this?
0: Well, I had to pull him off with a trombone player one time that was, we were stuck and a guy was hitting him in the face and he grabbed it and I gave him a bear hug. He would want to go out of his way to take a little shot right. at somebody, but you know what? There weren't that many cameras back then. You know what I'm saying? Right. It wasn't like now. I don't remember him doing anything other than getting off the court, going shaking hands and staying along the uh, the scores table right. and getting off the court. I think it happened a couple times at Northwestern, but I don't think, I, I swear, I think now people are angrier. People are more confrontational. Social media puts it in that vein. So I think now people are like,
2: instead of, hey, I'm staying away from that crazy Bobby Knight. Now it's like, I want to antagonize that guy. And that's not. Uh, could not agree with you more. Dan, I had no idea that you had lost a player. So this even makes you the uh, uh, more perfect guy to talk to about this. I love what you're doing with Outkick, Dan. I appreciate your time as always. Uh, Looking forward to the next time we can uh, hop on here together. Look forward to it. Anything for you guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Dan. A bizarre arrest involving a former NFL first-round draft pick. The very latest on former Raider Damon Arnett and what cops say they found hidden in his sock. That's next on The Sports.
1: The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N.
2: Welcome back to TMZ Sports. Mike Babcock here. We're trading out a guy who coached in Ohio for 10 years and is a legend in the state for another legend in Ohio, the aforementioned Lucas Widman. Lucas, let's talk about Damon Arnett. Damon Arnett, of course, was a former first-round draft pick 2020, first round, 19th overall pick, a really talented cornerback. But he's had legal trouble since he came into the league. Now, we'll get to some of the past stuff in just a couple of minutes here, but we've got to talk about an arrest. Back in January, and we just found out about this yesterday, Lucas, later in the day, Damon Barnett on January 16th, around 2 a.m., was pulled over in a town called Richardson, Texas, Lucas. He was allegedly going 60 miles an hour in a 45 mile per hour zone. Now, Lucas, police noticed that Damon was acting very nervously, combined with the fact that he admitted that he had some substance abuse issues in the past. So the police were instantly suspicious that he might have some sort of drugs in the car. So Lucas, they actually called a canine to the scene. They took Damon out of the car. Now the cops say the canine actually alerted to there being drugs in the car. So they start to search. Now, when they search Lucas, they don't find any drugs, but they do find a loaded Glock 20 handgun. It's a 10 millimeter pistol that was underneath the passenger seat in the car. So. Because of that, uh, they had asked him, they had asked Damon if there were any weapons in the car. They felt like he was being dishonest with them. So they slapped the handcuffs on him,
1: Lucas. And as he was handcuffed, they searched his person. They found in the left sock, he had a little Adderall capsule. Now he said, look, I have an Adderall prescription. This is nothing, it's not a big deal at all. But but they didn't really buy his story this entire time. So they said, let's take a look at this thing. They actually took the pill and then they went to drugs.com or (laughs) or one of those like really generic just, you know, there's like pill uh,
2: identifiers. yeah,
1: r- Right. And they're like, well, these markings don't match what Arnett's pill is. So we're going to look into this a little bit further. They see that they think that it was actually opened, manually opened, and that wow. maybe something had been taken out of it and replaced. So they open it up and they said that there was a white crystal like substance and they ended up testing it at the scene. And the results were for
2: methamphetamine. Wow. Not a good situation for Damon Arnett. Now, it was it was what they found out on that Drugs.com website and they, they said this Adderall doesn't quite look like the other, other Adderall and, and that would, that was one of the first indications that something wasn't right here. So instantly, Lucas, when they find the drugs on him, he is officially placed under arrest. Until that point, Damon was just detained. So he's hauled off to the city jail, the Richardson City Jail, where he spends a couple of hours before he is ultimately released now. Because he had drugs on him, that made the gun illegal. You don't need a a license in Texas to carry a gun, but you cannot have an illegal narcotic along with a drug. So because of that, he's got a drug charge. He's got a gun charge, too. What's interesting, Lucas, is that his people, his reps, his attorneys, are... Saying this is essentially a giant misunderstanding, aren't they?
1: Yes, they are, and they think this will all get cleared once he can prove that he has a prescription for Adderall. But you know, like we said earlier, this is one of those hand-in-hand kind of charges, and they think that once they show all the evidence that they need
2: to to support his claim, that both charges will go away and he's going to be all right. Y- but and that's and I think that's very possible because without the drug charge, there is likely not a gun charge. So if he can prove that it was actually an Adderall pill. Now, let's be honest here, and and you, you read between the lines in the narrative that the police have filed with the courts. It certainly seems like this was a capsule that was made to look like an Adderall, but that something else was put in it. What we don't know is definitively whether or not that was the medicine, the active medication in Adderall. It is possible that Adderall could show a positive test on the scene for methamphetamines. Now, what the police will do is they'll send these things off to a lab for the definitive answer. Now, we've asked the authorities, hey, what did you guys get back from the lab? Of course, this was a arrest that happened on January 6th, so this happened you know, a month and a half ago or so now. We just don't have that answer yet, and I think a lot of this case is going to hinge on what exactly that lab test shows this substance was. Now, I don't know there's a lot of people out there giving Damon Arnett the benefit of the doubt, Lucas, because this is not, the first time, like we said, that he's gotten in trouble, is it?
1: It's not, and when this news broke yesterday, a lot of people weren't surprised, as sad as it is to say, but, you know, you look at the guy, he was a former first-round pick in 2020.
2: 19th overall pick, yeah, 27 years old only.
1: Went to Ohio State, he was a star there, and then you have, in 2021, in November 2021, uh, the middle of the NFL season, he gets released by the Raiders because he made a video and posted it on social media of him flashing firearms and threatening to kill somebody. So the Raiders cut ties with him immediately and it kind of just erupted after that. Uh, two separate occasions he was arrested and then you have this technically being the third in just a short amount of time. So it, you just hate to see it and, and hopefully he can uh, turn things around.
0: Pontecchio looking to help. Brunson, three-pointer, off the mark, rebound deflected. Chased down, saved by Grimes to Fontecchio. Knocked away, Hardenstein picks it up. Out to DiVincenzo. Ten seconds to go, he throws it away.
2: Lucas, that was the crazy ending to the New York Knicks-Detroit Pistons game last night at Madison Square Garden. Now, a lot happened in a very short amount of time. We'll set this thing up. The Knicks had the ball. They were down one with about 10 seconds left. You see, Lucas, right there, Dante DiVincenzo throws a bad pass. It is tipped. It is stolen by a sore Thompson, who then starts to make his way down the court. Lucas, at this time now, the, the Pistons have the ball up a point, and that was a foul. I'm a Knicks fan. That was a foul, but somehow, some way, it's not called. And the Detroit Pistons, who are a historically bad team, who had a chance to steal a, a game on the road against a good team in the Knicks, they uh, they didn't get it done, Lucas. And Monty Williams, the Pistons head coach, was absolutely beside himself after the game. Watch this.
0: The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs and there was a no call. That That's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big time game like that and there be a no call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called. Period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game. And that was not fair.
2: I'm done. Lucas, for a guy who is known as being a really good dude and a mild-mannered man, I mean, that's as mad as you're ever going to see Monty Williams. and. I get it, I do. It's justified, man. And especially (laughs) with
1: the kind of season that they've had, you know, they're they're sitting at eight and 49, you go up against a really good Knicks team and you think you're gonna win this game, especially on the road, you know, that's not easy to do in any capacity and in the garden as well. But the NBA officials actually came out and released a statement saying, Monty Williams was right. Uh. We reviewed the footage (laughs) and yes, Chenzo should have been called for the foul. So, add insult to injury. You know, he's feeling really down about the game, down about the season. You know, he's got to live up to these expectations of being a six-year, $78 million guy, not, you know, fulfilling on the court. And then this happens, and he was
2: right the whole time. Yeah, yeah Lucas, and, and I, I don't think – it almost makes you more mad when you hear the officials after the fact come out and say, oh, yeah, you were right, because they, they'll say he was right, but you know what's not going to change? That loss – for the Pistons and the win for the Knicks. And that's going to remain in the books. You can also bet on it, and maybe they'll go a little easy on him because it was such an egregiously bad call. But Monty Williams is also going to get fined for this because, really, the cardinal rule when you're a coach is you can't talk about the officiating. The league hates that. He obviously didn't care. And I think, and tell me if you agree with me here, Lucas, this is very clearly to me, this is Monty Williams sending a message To the officials, to the NBA, he does not feel like his team is getting a fair shake in these games, and he wants it to stop. And I think a lot of officials are going to hear this, and I do think things will change. But again, that does nothing for last night. There's no way that that's not a foul. I mean, it's a foul. I'm for, you know, Lucas, again, and tell me if I'm wrong on this too. I'm one of those guys, I like to see the players, let's decide it on the court. But you can't do something that so interrupts the game to where you bowl a guy over like it's a football. I see worse tackles in the Super Bowl than that. You can't allow a man to get tackled, the ball to change possession, and then the Knicks get an N1 and it's game over. You you just can't allow it. I am mad and my team won the game. that about 50 times so far I still cannot contain myself Lucas that was the Iceman Chuck Liddell San Diego Bay over the weekend Lucas he was on a very fancy very expensive Lamborghini yacht and I'll tell you what my favorite part is my favorite part is that that dude's like doing his little poses and Chuck's just gone and they have no idea for a few seconds (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boy, where's Chuck? Oh, no. Where's Chuck? Chuck? <laughs> Chuck was in the water. Uh, it took a little bit of doing. They couldn't get him back onto the boat. It, it, they eventually did. He oh oh man. I don't know the guy had to jump in and put his full set yeah. of clothes. Yeah, I feel like that's Chuck the, could have that's got the on yacht the boat. Owner. Ace
1: Rogers, that's the yacht owner being a hero. There. What
2: happened, Lucas? So, a lot of, so here, let me say this, Lucas, and tell me here, because you got information. A lot of people have said social media stunned. This is not real.
1: And you have to take everything with a grain of salt anymore because you never know. Everyone thinks, oh, I'm going to go viral. I'm going to do this. And people are like, Chuck Liddell on a Lamborghini yacht with all of these cameras around. This has got to be fake. But I, I spoke to several people who were there and they swore up and down, this is not what it was supposed to be at all. And, and We also spoke to someone close to Chuck and they said there's no way he's going in the water with that fanny pack on. He said there's a lot of stuff in there that he doesn't want to get wet and this was all just an unfortunate event that just happened to have a bunch of cameras around.
2: You know I would pay a lot to know what Chuck Liddell carries in his fanny pack. Oh man. Can you try and get to the bottom of that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all right. In the meantime, they're gonna try and get Chuck back on. (laughs) All right, Lucas, we are just about out of time. I have thought about this during the break, and I do totally believe that that's real because you would never fall in the water if it were a social media stunt with fanny pack and with jeans on. That's not the way you'd go in, Lucas, is it?
1: Uh, probably not, you know, as a swimmer, I would go in with like yeah. a jammer and some
2: goggles. I don't just even know case. what that is, but I'm gonna look <laughs> up jammer when I get back to my desk. Uh, we gotta go, Lucas, we got a big show tomorrow. Biggest stories, big video, we got it all.